0: Hello and welcome to the Overtake. I'm your host, John Bozzella, President and CEO of the Alliance for Automotive Innovation. This podcast is about the automotive industry and the people, events, and policies that shape it. In our ongoing series about economic development in the automotive industry, we've spoken to researchers, automotive manufacturers, and economists about a range of topics, including national security, public and private sector investment in manufacturing, and global competition. We've talked about the massive shifts taking place in automotive manufacturings in America set in motion by the global transition to electric vehicles. As automakers continue to expand EV production, we're seeing new manufacturing and battery facilities open across the country. The competition among states to attract these jobs and economic drivers is also heating up. In a previous episode with Mazda Toyota Manufacturing, we explored the process of establishing a new manufacturing facility from the perspective of an automaker. But that's only one side of the story. Today, we're going to discuss the role state policymakers play in this process. We'll examine what kinds of incentives states are offering to manufacturers, what economic and social benefits they expect from these facilities, and how they are responding to the industry's transformation. These are some of the topics I will explore with our guest today. Joining us is Harry Lightsey, the Secretary of Commerce for the State of South Carolina. In this role, he is responsible for overseeing the state's leading economic development agency as it recruits new businesses and helps existing businesses grow. Prior to his appointment, Secretary Leitze had a long career in the private sector, including at General Motors, where he led the company's Federal Government Affairs Department and oversaw emerging technologies. Secretary Leitze, welcome to The Overtake.
1: Great to be here. Thank you so much, John.
0: Well, you know, it's exciting to get back in touch with you. You and I had a chance to get to know each other a little bit and work together during your stint uh, in the automotive industry. Maybe you can kind of catch us up on your journey from the private sector to the public sector in your role at South Carolina's Secretary of Commerce.
1: Yeah, so uh, very briefly, I spent the majority of my career uh, in the world of uh, telecom. And uh, spent 26 years with Bell South, which was the regional Bell operating company for the southeastern uh, United States. And then concluded my career at, at AT&T in 2009. And then uh, starting in 2012, was fortunate enough to uh, be asked to work at General Motors and retired from General Motors in 2019. And then, of course, the pandemic hit. Things more or less shut down in Washington, D.C., and about a year ago, a little bit more than a year ago, I had the opportunity to be considered for the post of the Secretary of Commerce in, in my home state of South Carolina, uh, which was fantastic, and I was able to uh, work that out, and I'm, I'm happy to be here.
0: Fantastic. Let's start with the basics. Um, what does the Secretary of Commerce in the state of South Carolina do? What is it like? And take us through what you do to attract new businesses and work with existing businesses in the state.
1: I think that, in a, in a nutshell, is uh, what the, the position is. The Department of Commerce is uh, is not a huge, uh, big department in South Carolina, about a, 100 people. But we're very focused on helping the businesses that are located within our state grow and thrive and succeed. And uh, we consider that a, a lifelong partnership with them. And our, our job is to, to help them navigate through whatever challenges they face, whatever we can do to support that. Uh, we're all in on that. And then uh, the other part of our job is to continue to work with businesses that are thinking about uh, locating in our state to help them figure out what sites are available in our state that that fit their parameters and what, what they need in order to successfully locate a facility. And then also to work with them on what we can do in South Carolina that is unique that sets us apart from other states that are also competing for these uh, facilities.
0: Yeah. The uh, competition is as a word we'll probably come back to a few times over the course of our our conversation because you know it's endemic to the world in which we operate whether it's in the, on the public sector side of the equation or on the private sector side. But let's let's start with the automotive industry. I notice as, you know, as I travel around the country and work with uh, companies in the industry, that there's a tremendous amount of investment happening across the country, and especially in the Southeast. What does the automotive industry look like in South Carolina today?
1: It's really interesting. In South Carolina, the roots of the automobile industry actually go back uh, to the days of Henry Ford. And when we had uh, a company in the upstate of South Carolina, Milliken, which provided uh, Ford with all of the interior fabrics for for the interiors for the Model T's. You know, this is back at the, the turn of the 20th century. But I would say uh, the modern era of, of the automotive industry in South Carolina started in 1992 when BMW uh, really shocked the world by announcing their decision to locate their first manufacturing facility outside of Germany in the upstate of South Carolina. And I I think people had questions about whether South Carolina could meet the challenge of supporting uh, a global auto manufacturer on the scale of BMW. 30 years later, uh, BMW's largest production facility in the world is in the upstate of South Carolina. And that that initial investment has grown to an investment of over $12 billion, employing about 11,000 South Carolinians. Uh, it is their most successful production facility because it's their most productive, it's their most innovative, and that's what we really pride ourselves with. That is that is the uh, success story that we like to replicate uh, for any business that decides to locate in our state. Uh, our partnership at BMW now spans that 30 years, and we are still working with them, and supporting them as they continue to, to grow and expand that facility. And we have uh, worked with them over the years. Our workforce in South Carolina has proven uh, that it can be globally competitive uh, with anywhere else in the world, and we're very proud of that as well.
0: What, what does it take to, from the state's perspective, to attract that type of investment? Walk us through that a little bit. You know, I, a manufacturer might be looking um, at a number of different sites um, or a number of different options, both within the United States and maybe even the United States compared to some other region uh, around the world. So how does the state of South Carolina approach that?
1: Yeah. So first of all, I, I will say that you know the state of South Carolina is now an auto manufacturing state. Auto manufacturing is, is our largest uh, sector in, in our manufacturing uh, economy employing over 74,000 employees we have uh, over 600 companies in South Carolina that are linked uh to the automobile industry including uh we have several large uh, tire manufacturers in South Carolina and we'll talk about that I think a little bit more later but I think South Carolina is now known globally uh, in the automobile world and uh, automobile companies are going to look at South Carolina because of the success that we've had uh, in the industry, you know, particularly over the last 30 years. In in addition to that, obviously, uh, it has gotten to be a very competitive uh, world uh, in terms of trying to um, convince auto manufacturers and suppliers that a particular state is is the right place for them to locate. And we view that competition as a, something that is an opportunity for South Carolina. You know, there are uh, incentives that all states are offering these days and, and the different incentive packages uh, that your state can put on the, on the table are important. But I think for the folks that are making these decisions about where they're going to locate a major facility you know, they're talking about a significant investment for their company and they're looking at it from the perspective of long-term success. You know, they, once they decide to locate a facility in your state, that is a decision that is going to stand uh, for decades. And that's important. And we understand that. So what we do is, is approach the companies and, and let them know. That when they come to South Carolina, what they're doing is becoming a partner with us, uh, for, for as long as they are here and that we will work at the local level. We'll work at the state level. We'll work with our federal delegation. We'll do whatever necessary, uh, to support their business and to support their success. And from the other side, what we also want to are the businesses that are looking at South Carolina to understand is that, uh, we have an established uh, process for bringing the right workers uh, to their facility uh, that will uh, bring success to them. Workforce is a very important issue uh, for anybody looking uh, to put a new facility somewhere today, and they want to make sure that they have access to a workforce that will support and and bring success to that facility. And uh, South Carolina has an established uh, track record in doing that. Uh, We work incredibly closely with uh, our four-year higher education uh, uh universities uh research universities in the state we also work with we have a a really a gl- global leader in our our technical uh colleges that are in the state uh, we have sixteen technical colleges around the state so really you could locate anywhere and and be uh very near to one of these technical colleges and we've adopted practices over the years that we consider to be global leading for example we we will train. Uh, workers with the right, uh, skills that are needed for, for any facility. And uh, we have a, a, special arm of our technical college system that, uh, works, uh, with companies on, on establishing the right training programs and the right training regimens, uh, so that workers come to them ready to, to go to work on day one.
0: Yeah, you know, you're you're describing a very comprehensive approach which is, you know, probably one of the keys to your success. I want to stick with workforce a little bit. Uh, you know, I I heard you talk about two things. One is, you know, a broader approach to, you know, in a significant investment in four-year education, but also uh technical training and education tailored to specific needs. Uh, did I hear that right?
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. In fact, if somebody is is for, say, locating from another part of the world to South Carolina, we'll actually fly our folks to their facilities in whatever part of the world that they're located in to observe how their workers uh, in their home uh, country are working in their facilities so that uh, we understand uh, what kind of skills and, and what kind of culture uh, they have in their company so that we can prepare our workers to be there and be ready on day one. Yeah, and then uh, we'll also bring folks that they have may have in whatever country uh, they're located in. We'll bring those folks to South Carolina so they can train the trainers or uh, do whatever they want to do to participate in uh, establishing the right training programs for for the workers. And that's that's very important. Um, and that just uh, I think speaks a lot about the uh, the partnership that we establish with our businesses when they locate here.
0: Yeah. I, I want to come back to another word you used a minute or so ago, incentives, just a little bit, uh, maybe talk a little bit more about that. You're right, um, based on the experience I have in the industry that, you know, several, uh, most states offer some sort of uh, incentive or inducement to you know get the conversation going so to speak and to to, to really um, you know drive the competition a little bit talk a little bit about what 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 do you mean by incentives in in South Carolina uh, you know and, and and how does that work what is the you know sort of the win-win there
1: yeah so currently uh, in South Carolina, the state incentives are are driven off of the amount of capital investment uh, that a company is making uh, to establish their location in the state and the number of, of jobs they are going to be created. It is influenced somewhat by where they locate in the state. So, for example, some of our rural areas of the state get higher bonus points uh, if a company decides to locate in one of those areas. And uh, basically, we provide incentives. Uh, we, we can provide uh, grants, which will help companies uh, with their costs as they locate in South Carolina. So preparing a site, getting it graded, getting the right utilities uh, there, getting uh, the right access to highways, railroads. Those are all the kind of things that th- these grants can be uh, used for and even to defray uh, construction costs for the buildings that they're going to build on the site. We also provide tax credits uh, for the jobs that are created. Uh, so if a company uh, creates a certain number of jobs, over 400 jobs, they are entitled to claim certain uh, tax credits after they've been in, located in the state for for a period of time. Those are the main credits we work with. At the local level, our counties are able to negotiate with, with the companies certain uh, reduced rates for their property taxes and to uh, basically spread that out over a number of years as well. We work with our, our local governments, uh, and that's very important to make sure that we are able to put uh, the best combined package of both local incentives and state incentives on the table.
0: So let's ask the question, why? We've talked a little bit about competition. You know, there is, a, I'm quite sure, a competition among states for certain, uh, especially large scale uh, automotive investments and other types of investments. But there's a a benefit to um, your residents and and to the communities in which these investments land. So maybe, maybe you could talk a little bit about that win, right? So you're providing some benefit. Um, but what's the what 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 does the state get in return?
1: once again uh we'll go back let's go back to bmw as a as a great example of of what happens uh so as i mentioned earlier uh over 30 years uh their their investment in the state has grown to over 12 billion dollars and they they've grown from uh a few hundred jobs to now 11,000 jobs that they've created just in and of themselves but as i also mentioned we have over 600 automotive-related uh, companies in the state, and frankly, uh, most of those companies began to notice our state when when BMW located here. Many of them are within the, the direct BMW supply chain, but others are, are not direct suppliers to BMW, but they're here uh, because they know uh, the state uh, understands the automotive uh, manufacturing industry. Uh, we have major, uh, tire manufacturers in the state. In fact, uh, South Carolina is now the leading, uh, manufacturer of, of tires in, in the country. And we have several major, uh, facilities, including facilities from, uh, Bridgestone, uh, from Michelin and Michelin's North American headquarters is located in our state and, uh, Continental manufactures tires in our state. Uh, also, GD makes tires in our state. So we are very connected to the road. Uh, we like to say that South Carolina is a state where the rubber meets the road. And so the benefit of all of that investment has really remade the image of our state and people understand uh, how globally competitive uh, they can be when they locate here and and that's led frankly to invest major investments from other companies, not even in the automotive industry. so I think that the location of, of Boeing uh, in South Carolina where they build all of the seven eight seven dreamliners uh, in Charleston, would not have occurred without the tremendous automotive investment we have in our state uh, Lockheed martin uh, makes and and maintains all the f sixteen fighter jets uh, that they produce and distribute globally uh, here in South Carolina and we you know we have many other industries that uh, frankly are here uh, because uh, we got noticed uh, when the automotive industry started investing in our state
0: yeah this supply chain dynamic that you just talked about is particularly impressive to me so when companies like BMW or Volvo put down roots in South Carolina, the supply chain develops around those final assembly plants is what I hear you saying. And so you, you, you have this almost, uh, you know, an economist we had on, the, uh, on a recent podcast talked about it as a multiplier effect, right? The idea that each one of those final assembly jobs produces a multiple of supply chain jobs. And so that's also reflected in your tax revenues, I would imagine, and also other impacts across the communities in which they operate. Absolutely. Super exciting. Speaking of supply chain, you know, I can't help but ask what effect you might have seen with regard to you know, the pandemic and the shortage of microprocessors. It's been such a huge crisis across the automotive industry. And I wonder how you've weathered that storm in South Carolina and what you've seen with regard to, you know, the manufacturing facilities and supply chain there, what the impact has been and how you've had to weather that.
1: Yeah, so that's a that's a great story for us because I think it really talks about the partnership we have with the companies that locate here. So we've got six major OEMs in South Carolina. BMW we've talked about you mentioned Volvo uh which is making it has a major uh, assembly plant uh, outside of Charleston. We also have some smaller companies. Proterra was actually started in South Carolina is the now the largest uh maker of of uh battery electric buses in the country. We have Oshkosh Defense which uh won the contract for the manufacturer of the next generation uh, postal delivery uh, vehicle, and they're located in the Upstate of, of South Carolina. Uh, we also have uh, mercedes Daimler vans, so all of the Sprinter vans that are manufactured in in the United States are are made right outside of Charleston, South Carolina. You know, those are all uh, incredibly important companies to us. And uh, first of all, as our our governor likes to say, the first. First thing that happened is when the pandemic hit, he declared, I think he took a very bold move and declared that all of these manufacturers were deemed to be essential. So they were able to keep their operations open and going during the entire pandemic, which I think was very important. And we worked with them. Uh, Our department supported them during that period of time uh, to develop procedures that allowed them to stay open, but also to keep their workers uh, safe and protect the, their workers' health. And that proved to be uh, very successful. And as the, the country emerged uh, from the pandemic in the last year or so, the operations of these companies has, has just accelerated. We've also, uh, as you mentioned, the chip uh, supply shortage. What we have done is we have worked with these, worked with our companies and uh, supported them in helping them maintain their their supply lines even to the extent of getting special clearances for flights to come in from all around the world uh bringing uh supplies to South Carolina and its facilities and we've worked at the state level the governor has has uh, written letters and has stressed the importance of of keeping these businesses open we've worked with our federal delegation uh, to support our businesses. And so we're very proud to say that we've, we've helped all of these companies, uh, stay at uh, full production, uh, to date. I think that the challenges are, are around and, and we've had some curtailments in the, in the recent past, but we're working very hard with the companies to resolve those, uh, as, as well. That really speaks to the the partnership that the state has with our businesses, and uh, what we're we're able and willing to do to support them.
0: Yeah, I, the partnership is very evident in that in in that discussion. Uh, you know, and to your point about flights, as an auto industry veteran, nothing describes a supply chain problem more significantly than premium freight. Right. Having to fly parts in from someplace. So, you know, your flexibility and nimble approach is probably very well appreciated by, you know, the the overall supply chain there. I want to shift to another, you know, sort of aspect of the business. And I think sometimes this doesn't get as much attention as perhaps it should. And that's the idea of exports. The vitality of the U.S. automotive industry is demonstrated not only in production here in the United States for the U.S. market, but the opportunity to export technologies and great products all around the world. You know, so tell us a little bit about what the export story is in the automotive industry in South Carolina.
1: Yeah, so the export uh, story has has really been a tremendous success for us. First of all, I'll mention that, you know, uh, Charleston, is the number 8 largest port in the in the country and has a tremendous history uh and the port works very hard to support the businesses that are that are located here in in South Carolina so we have the port in Charleston and we have also established two uh inland ports one in Greer South Carolina which is uh very close to uh, the BMW facility and one in Dillon uh South Carolina right on I95 Uh, so having, uh, access to both the inland ports and then to the port itself gives us, uh, rail access to, to all of those facilities. And having that, uh, port is a tremendous, tremendous asset to our state and a key economic driver for us. So from that port, uh, South Carolina is now the, the leading, uh, exporter of finished automobiles in the country, uh, by state with almost, uh, 20% of the total, uh, market share of Vehicles that are leaving leaving our port and headed to other parts of the world, and we're also the the leading uh, exporter of of tires, and with uh, I think almost thirty percent share of tire product that is leaving leaving the shores of the United States to uh, to other parts of the world. So export is is a, is really important to us. And it's another feature of having a, a world class port, you know, uh, located very close to to us.
0: Yeah, you know, and it does that is significant for a number of reasons you ticked off many of them i think another one i think about as i listen to you describe the export powerhouse that south carolina is today it allows manufacturing facilities to build one line of vehicles in a particular plant and run that for global production and i think that provides a lot of opportunity for for manufacturers as they are looking around for facilities so that's very very interesting and I, and I do love the idea of expanding our opportunity to export from the United States I do think it's it's key to the future uh, of the automotive industry and you know as we think about the future I would imagine you have to think about industry and in this case the automotive industry not only as it is today but as it's developing and as it's becoming so let's talk a little bit about automotive technology and industry trends, what are you looking at for the future of the automotive industry and how important is future development to your job?
1: Yeah, so that's, that's incredibly important. And, you know, it's kind of interesting, South Carolina at the dawn of the industrial revolution and, and really for most of the 20th century, uh, South Carolina's manufacturing economy was based on the textile industry. And that was the leading and largest employer in, in the state. And then we saw over the course of the 1960s and 1970s, all of those uh, facilities uh, left the state and we lost those jobs to overseas competition. And so we are very mindful of that. And we are very mindful of the fact that we don't want to to lose this incredible automobile manufacturing industry that we have in our state today. And so we have to be prepared for the future and you know John as you and I know the the automobile industry is going through the the biggest change in the industry since Henry Ford you know we're really seeing uh, the dynamic uh, shift from the internal combustion engine to the the battery electric vehicle from a human uh, driver to assisted driving systems and ultimately at some point uh, fully autonomous vehicles From the whole concept of one vehicle, one owner to, to shared ownership, shared rides. Uh, all of those dynamics are happening simultaneously and it really is a revolution in the automobile industry. I I will say, you know, when I left the General Motors in, in 2019, I don't think anybody was expecting the shift, uh, to the battery electric vehicle to occur as fast as this investment cycle that we're, we're seeing. Uh, this is, this has come on incredibly strong, uh, just in the last uh, couple of years, as you're well aware. And so as a state, it's incumbent upon us to really pivot to uh, bring in uh, the supply chain that'll support this whole new dynamic in the automobile industry. So we're very, very focused on making sure that we have the whole supply chain in our state to get the right uh facilities to support a battery electric vehicle uh manufacturer cuz all of our major OEMs are currently either manufacturing uh some version of a hybrid vehicle or a fully battery electric vehicle with plans to go fully to a uh, battery electric vehicles over a period of time in in the future and so this is uh this is happening today as we speak and so we're very focused on battery cell manufacturing and then the different components of the the battery cell the cathodes the anodes the separators i've i've learned more about batteries in the last year than than i ever thought i would know uh, i'll confess to that but you know it is a whole new supply chain and we view that as an opportunity in south carolina and at the same time we want to help the businesses that are here uh pivot uh to support this change that they're occurring so for example ZF Technologies, I think is the company's full name, has a facility uh, located outside of Greenville in the upstate of South Carolina where they make transmissions. And obviously, a transmission is not a component of a battery electric vehicle. And so they are already uh, establishing plans to start manufacturing at that facility, hybrid electric motor transmissions, and then ultimately fully pivoting to electric motors, uh, to support the manufacturers as they go through this chain. So it's not about just bringing the new supply chain into the state, but it's supporting the businesses that are here as, as they make this pivot, uh, into this new world. And then, you know, one step further, we're, we're very excited. We have a, uh, one of the few publicly available automotive test tracks, uh, in the country located in Greenville, South Carolina. And most recently, Argo AI, uh, which is, uh, working on self-driving technology announced that it is opening an R&D center at that test track and, and plans to, to utilize the test track to test its technology. And that, that is incredibly important to the state because that really makes a statement about us being part of the future uh, across the board. And uh, we're really excited to have uh, Argo AI located in the state as well.
0: That is a a great indicator, right, of of the other major shift that, you know, you talked about both of them, the shift in propulsion technology, uh, you know, and the shift to driver assistance, active safety, and ultimately self-driving. Back to EVs for a second, I did also note, I think that you know, with regard to fuel cell electric vehicles, there's been, I think, Bosch has made an investment in the state of South Carolina as well, right? So, that's another sort of form of EV technology that seems to be developing uh, in South Carolina as well. Is that right?
1: Yeah, that's right. Bosch announced a a $200 million investment in in their facility in the upstate of South Carolina to begin to do work on hydrogen fuel cells for uh, heavy duty for trucks. And uh, they view the that the battery electric propulsion system is not as conducive to long-haul trucking as perhaps uh, hydrogen fuel cells will be in in the future. So, we're excited about that, that work that Bosch is doing as well.
0: So, as we wrap up here, there's a lot going on in South Carolina. So, I would imagine you're fairly optimistic about the future of the automotive industry broadly described in South Carolina. So what's your your take on, you know, the automotive future in South Carolina?
1: We are optimistic and we believe that we have a lot of attributes uh, to our state. As you mentioned, the southeast region in general has uh, become very strong in, in the automotive industry. And we find in South Carolina, we find ourselves kind of at the, in the middle, uh, smack dab in the middle of, uh, of that whole, of the whole Southeastern region. And so we are uh, very fortunate with our geographic uh, location. We're within a one day truck drive of 70% of the U.S. population and we have access to East and West and North and South highways. And so, you know, that, that's, a, that's very important for companies that are, they're looking at. At locating on the East Coast. And we think that uh, the strength that we've shown, the, the, the strength of our workforce to adapt and be innovative and to be uh, a part of the future of, of the automobile industry and the aerospace industry and other industries will help us uh, capitalize on the opportunities that are, are going to be presented uh, in the next uh, five to 10 years. We also think that the, uh, all of our businesses are going to be very challenged. Uh, you know, there are a lot of different uh, technologies that are that are hitting the the marketplace. When I was at uh, in the world of telecom, I was at AT and T when the iPhone was introduced, and we had no idea, you know, how that one device was going to impact our world. And I think that's kind of where we are in the automotive industry, mobility is kind of like communications. It's one of those uh, fundamental uh, things that uh, is part of human society. And with all this change in in the mobility world, uh, none of us really know exactly how this is going to turn out in the end. And there can be disruptive uh, things that will hit the marketplace. And so we're going to be focused very hard on meeting, helping our businesses meet uh, the challenges that are presented, but also to capitalize on the opportunities to keep our economy growing, and to provide choices uh, to our citizens to help them improve their quality of life and to continue to improve our state.
0: Well, Secretary Lightsey, thank you so much for being on The Overtake. It's been a fascinating conversation, and I really appreciate you taking the time to be here.
1: Thank you so much. It's been great and really appreciate y'all uh, giving us the opportunity to talk talk about all the great things that are going on in South Carolina.
0: For everyone else, thanks for joining us. Remember to like and follow the Alliance for Automotive Innovation on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And subscribe to The Overtake wherever podcasts can be found. Until next time, thanks.